Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. So we're going to try and test this out. So we've had a lot of questions kind of coming in over the last few weeks during kind of Christmas and people have been trying to set themselves up for 2021. Quite a lot of questions kind of come in from Team SWF, which are the clients. And we're going to do a try and test this out as a kind of a coach's corner kind of episode and try and do this maybe once a month, depending on the feedback. Um, so feel free to like send questions into us and we can pick out the ones that we feel are going to help the most people. So we've got a few questions, more than a few questions that we're going to try and get through. And it's going to be interesting because even we we're talking off air and there was one or two of the topics and we we're like, okay, save this for the podcast. So, uh, Stephen or Dallas, I'm going to call him on the episode this time, not like last time, uh, is going to be on the podcast with myself. So Dallas, thank you for, for having the chat. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Always a pleasure to be here. So Dallas is the other coach with SWF at the minute. And Dallas came on board probably towards the end of last year. And he's working with some of the clients at the minute. And it's madness how, how it's kicked off and it, it, it's great to have Dallas on board and have the same ideologies. But I think some of the main questions I think a lot of people are struggling with, and we'll start with the basic one at the very, very beginning is the advice for kind of resetting after Christmas. Like kind of what way do you normally structure with your clients or even for yourself? How did you implement it with yourself? That's an interesting one because it's very person dependent because like in terms of myself, like for January, I was like, okay, I'm going to, since we're in lockdown here, I was like, okay, we're going to do a little bit of a diet. So myself and um, my partner, Neve, both of us are doing um, a diet at the moment. But for us, it was just simply, cool, we're doing it. There was no, I, I need to make any other decisions. There was no, I need to think of anything else. It was just, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter what Christmas was. I just got on and got carried on with it. With other people, some people might need that kind of slow introduction into the world of kind of dieting again and getting back on track. So it's bringing one aspect that they could possibly be doing. So something small. So we pick like, okay, let's at least eat maybe a little bit more protein this week. Or let's try and get some steps in. You haven't been doing that over the Christmas period. So why don't just try something small and as the weeks go on, make it a little bit more and more and more. So we get into the diet aspect. Other times it's just some people like that continuous, or I should say not continuous, but more of a kind of chaotic approach where you literally just throw everything at them and then you go, great, I want you making big goals, I want you making small goals. By the time you get to Wednesday, you need to have achieved at least two of those. And it really gives the person a sense of urgency and that urgency drives them to kind of jump on board and get things going. But it is very person dependent. What do you find kind of ways to get things going? I think it's just basically going back to the basics. I think for a lot of people, when they kind of go first is January mentality, it is running headfirst into a wall. And I've been there. So it's not me trying to be kind of condescending or anything like that to someone or sitting in my ivory tower. It's like when kind of Christmas is there for like the week or two, people kind of whatever habits or routines they built up, they kind of go a little bit by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And it's about bringing them slowly back in. So what's happening an awful lot on my end is a lot of water hasn't been drank which is, you know yourself, it's amazing for your energy, it's amazing for producing bloating. So if you're trying to, if you're feeling a bit blur, I would start with trying to increase your veggies, your fruit, your water. With regarding the exercise side of things, I think a lot of people were doing the walks. Obviously, we're now in 
lockdown here in Ireland, the UK is in lockdown. It's not easy and it's okay to be not okay with what's going on. Mm. Um, but I think it's not about training six, seven days a week. Your body won't like you. Your body will, if you have never trained before, well, then I wouldn't recommend training six or seven days. I would say to yourself, right, let's rein it back in and say, right, I'm going to train two or three days. Mm. Start with very, very small and cool. build on that. Your body will thank you for it. Like I've had one of the girls did a home workout, yeah, on Monday. Today's Wednesday when we recorded this. And she's like, oh, my triceps are in absolute heap. I am in, I didn't even know I had triceps. Um, but and so she's like, she texted me this morning and said, right, I'm actually going to take another break today and then just go for a walk. And I was like, that is because that person potentially would have been, I'm going all or nothing and training every single day mm. beforehand. And she's actually, no, I'm actually trying to avoid what I've done normally and try to bring that back. Yeah. How have you found it with the, the people in the training side of things? Uh, it, it's interesting because like, it depends on what type of training you do. So like um, I'm always an advocate of cardio. So every single person is going to do some form of cardio period. So it's just trying to find more of how can we make cardio work within lockdown for a lot of people. And I think that's, it's something that obviously as these months are getting a little bit colder and a little bit icy and wet becomes a little bit problematic to try and make sure people are out running, out cycling, out walking the whole time. So it's like, how can we do conditioning inside the house? You know, it doesn't have to be burpee related, but a backpack can do um, filled with a bit of like, you know, canned food or a little bit of stuff in it turns into a wonderful way for doing things like thrusters. And I might pair that with some high knees and some short rest period only, you've got a perfect conditioning right within your room to get you to the same effect as you would if you just went outside. So it's it's interesting giving people different ideas or different aspects you can play with. Because I think everybody thinks that home workouts are inferior to the gym. That's like, well, program it correctly. And surprisingly, they're on par. It just happens to be easier in the gym because it's, you know, you've got your step ladder of weights. It's simple. You can overload by adding 1.25. So that's something you can do easier and easier and easier, where at home it's, you don't have access to that 1.25 kgs. You've now got to think outside the box. Like, do we bring in tempo-based here? Do we use different variations on how we do it? And I went, that's the interesting aspect of the home workouts. You end up seeing a different aspect of fitness, but you also get to kind of enjoy it on a different level. Because from being in the gym, you might be more f solely focused on strength training. We're in at home workouts, you're more focused on that kind of pump workout, really kind of getting a little bit more of a sway. So you can kind of give people different aspects. So I'm mean, getting a lot of, okay, I didn't think this would be so tough because on paper, it looks easy. And I went, and that's the funny thing. It's like, yeah, there's only three exercises. It shouldn't be too hard. And then you're like, okay, I need to take a break. And you're like, totally get it. And that's a good thing, you know, you, you, you're you helping people get stronger within at home, but it also men mentally makes a big difference. It's just trying to find ways to make the programs fit the people. I think, yeah, what you, what you bang on there said was like, it has to be a tailored approach. Mm -hmm. uh, like if someone enjoys hit style training, amazing, by all means do it. But for the general population, for a lot of people, you don't have to do a burpee to lose weight. Yep. You don't have to do many climbers or 
whatever it is, push-ups or whatever it may, may be to lose weight. It's whatever you enjoy. Like if you enjoy that aspect of side of things, it's making sure that you're doing it for the right reason, not going into it saying, right, I'm going to burn more calories during this. Because mm-hmm. that's that's a very, very, that's a podcast episode on, on its own. And it's a rabbit hole I will end up going down <laughs> if I keep talking. Mm-hmm. We don't burn as many calories as we think when we're training. It's ultimately going to be what we do in the kitchen and what we bring into our mouths is going to make the biggest difference. I think what also has, what I've tried to bring in with my clients is the likes of say a routine of particularly with what's going on with the lockdown with kind of a little bit of yoga, if they wish to do it. When people hear yoga, they get a little bit like, Oh, I'm going to be turned into the Buddha. You're not going to turn into the Buddha. Um, news but, for you you're not. yeah it's unless you uh, seek spiritual awakeness more than by all means <laughs> yeah exactly so I always I always refer my clients over to a lady called Yoga Amora mm. uh, she's incredible she's, she's been on the podcast uh, and a lot of team SWF are, are, are doing her online classes in the mornings but it's also like meditation if you want to do it some people don't want to do that mm. uh, but I think it's also if people are, are let off work or the schools aren't open they're homeschooling things can get very, very difficult. And I think if that kind of aspect comes into it, it's very difficult to do anything with kids. I think if the weather is okay, like I'm looking at the window now, it's a light, light drizzle, but it seems to be okay. Get the kids involved, bring them for a walk, lead by example, Mm. get them involved. I'm not saying you have to go and play, run 5K with them or anything, just bring them out for a walk. Or play a little bit of football with them and get them involved. And that's getting you active as well, because ultimately a lot of my clients want to be there for their kids. They want to be around. They want to be able to have the energy. If they've got young kids, they want to be able to kick the football with them. Like when they're like eight, 10, 12 or whatever it may be. I think it's really, really important to have that side of things. You, how else would you kind of manage the workouts around the weather? Because it's so intermittent and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people, if they look out the window and it's kind of like dark mornings and dark afternoons, they're kind of like, nah, I'm going to leave it. How would you kind of talk yourself out of that? The easy way I do or try to get everybody to kind of vision things is your non-negotiables, which is pick something that doesn't matter, come rain, hail, snow, you're still going to do it that everything else in the day needs to be structured around that. So in, for instance, like you know what my day are structured like that. It's structured around my training and structured around my study. Those are the two things that I structure everything based on, and those are the non-negotiables for me, and try to then help the client see it the same way, which is if this is a true priority in your life, and this is something you truly want, you need to start having non-negotiables. And that means that for some person or some people, it would be training and actually going out and getting a run done. For somebody else, it just means like, hey, my food is on point every single day or I've prepped every single day. When it comes to the workouts in these like dark, wet months, it's like, well, we can do a lot of what we need inside, but we can also focus on other things. Like just because it's absolutely pouring outside and we can't actually do what we want to do doesn't mean we can't do something inside. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's, we look at it and go, oh, no, we can't do it now. Okay, I just give up now. It's like, no, 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 it's a non-negotiable. So that means it needs to be done. Whether you like it or not, it's there to be done because it's going to make your life better in the long run. It's like we keep drinking water because without it, we die. It's like it's a non-negotiable. 
Yeah, I think that's huge. I think, I think what, like, if you looked at mine and Dallas, so Dallas and I have a shared calendar, so we know exactly what's going on. It would give anyone a headache. Um, but we, we know exactly when to kind of message or email or book calls or whatever it may be, or book podcasts in. We have our non-negotiables. Yep. Dallas is a study. A study takes priority over everything else in his training. For me, it's making sure that I have my morning routine, my walks are non-negotiable, and my training's non-negotiable. Yep. Everything else can be moved around. Yep. Um, and that has to the has to and since I brought, since we both brought that in that's the reason why we're able to function the way we want to function and yep. there I always, I was talking to you uh, a little while ago about a book called The Values Factor by John D Martini. Yep. You'll always do what you value more. So if you want to walk and you decide to sit in the couch you just valued sitting on the couch a little bit more and there's nothing wrong with that it's about kind of twisting the negative connotation towards that mm. saying hang on i actually wanted to have a chill out with my partner or my husband or my kids mm. and make it you just valued spending more time with your kids rather than potentially going out for a walk and that's okay but try to turn that negative connotation into a positive connotation towards yourself and not beat yourself up if you miss a workout yeah. one work missing one workout can easily turn into two or three missed workouts but if you say, right, I've missed a workout today, I'm just going to put this into my calendar or I'm booking it in with myself now, I'm going to get up early or I'm going to get to it at lunchtime or I'm going to go in the afternoon. Whenever you feel ready to do it or whenever you feel more energized, I know myself, I feel better first thing in the morning. Mm. I train faster and there's no benefit to me losing weight or losing fat or anything like that. I have to put that caveat out there. I just have more energy first thing in the morning. Dallas trains mid-morning. Yeah. Uh, and I know other people that train later in the evening it's all so so dependent when people are doing like the home workouts and stuff Dallas mm. what's the story can you keep your strength up doing the home workouts oh yeah very much so but it comes down to what you're doing and how you program it so it depends on what you classify strength or what you're looking to maintain strength in so say someone was doing squats for instance um in the gym and they're doing barbell back squats worked up to something like 60 kgs in order to maintain that kind of strength in there we're going to have to get some form of loading or we're going to have to make the home workouts hard enough in that position so ways that we can do that is using something like isometric holds and making the isometrics harder and harder and harder what does that mean so an isometric hold is essentially getting into a certain position and maintaining that position for a period of time. So the muscle length will not change. If you want to put it this way, it's like doing a wall sit. When you do in a wall sit, the muscle length doesn't change. Your position doesn't change and you just hold and you start to shake, which is always the fun part. <laughs> so essentially that's how we could use that to kind of maintain strength as well as actually increase strength during home workouts. But also the caveat to it is, going too crazy on holds can be detrimental. So it means that we're also got to look at going, okay, we need to work on other aspects because strength is very subjective to what we do. And I think that's something that people don't understand that I could probably squat 200 kilograms, but I went, I still can't single leg squat. I have strength to with barbell squat 200k but i don't have the strength to do a single leg squat so that's something we can now work on is single leg strength so that when we come back there's less of a decline in the actual weight when we're doing barbell now when it comes to the science behind it it's usually after about six weeks you see a decline of about two to five kgs within strength the less you train 
you end up seeing obviously more of a decrease. Now, volume-wise, you only need about a third of the actual volume you used to get the strength goals when you're in the gym. So that's something pretty cool to know that if you look at what you did in the gym and you can understand the volume in that, you can go, okay, I need a third of that to just maintain most of those strength gains, which is pretty easy for most people in a four week lockdown. That the first week is gonna get back to normal. Second week is I'm feeling better, no doms. Third week to fourth week, you should notice that your strength is pretty much, at least for most people, around about five kgs away. Time you hit the fifth week, you're back to where you need to be. Where if you look at it from when you first got there, think of how many weeks it took you to actually get to that number. And that's the beauty of trading. Yeah, like it is. I Because I, I remember going back and I remember messaging, messaging you and it was kind of like, right, I have to leave the ego at the door. I was like, I, this is a binding contract between me and Dallas. I have to leave the ego at the door. When are you going to go back in? And I think a lot of people are afraid to lose their muscle mass and all that kind of thing during kind of the weird time as well. I think now isn't, unless you've got a serious kid at home, you're not going to build, if you've been training for a while, I have to say emphasis is training for a while, over two or three years you're not going to build a huge amount of muscle if you haven't got a lot of kit at home. But what you can do is kind of maintenance with your food and maintenance with your training and just keep that up. If yep. you're if you're starting out and you've never trained before, you've got a thing called newbie gains. You oh, are yeah. going to, you're going to have a lot of fun. So newbie gains are the first zero to two years and of training, you'll find it easier to build muscle. Oh, yeah. um, and your body will just be going, what the hell's happening? It'll adapt to it quite quickly, maybe a little bit sore. So it's important to say, right, I'm not going to train six days a week. I'm only going to train two or three times a week. Mm. Uh, normally at the beginning, aim for two or three full body days. Um, if you wish, it's completely dependent. There's no perfect there's no perfect split or bro split or anything like that. That works for people um, when it kind of comes to that side of stuff as well. One thing that's kind of come up a lot with my clients is they're, they've kind of, especially the clients that have been with me for a long time, they've kind of set that they want to focus on maybe doing pull-ups or they want to focus on doing push-ups. Yep. That's what I work with them on is, right, the poor door frame, first of all, if you're doing pull-ups. Uh, so taking videos of yep. your form. So you're making sure that they're sending the videos over to me and they're making sure that they're using the perfect form. Because what we don't want to happen is this worm kind of mentality of kind of like Mexican wave with your body if you're doing a pull-up because the muscles aren't going to be on. And it's the same with the push-up. A lot of people with the push-ups, they have the, these massive flared elbows and the arms are at 90 degrees rather than having them, them a little bit tighter to your body. Um, it depends where you want to hit as well with the push-up as well. But I think it's it's really important to say, right, if I can't focus on hitting a bench at this rate, can I increase or slow down the tempo? Can I increase the amount of reps I'm doing with my push-ups? Make it a little bit more interesting with getting bands. Trust me, bands are not fun when you are doing. They are fun as well, but it's good. It's a good, it's a good chest bump as well, uh, or pump as well. And I think that's what it is. And it's it's, it's interesting as well. Um, particularly you can get banded work if you want to do that so if you've got like cables and stuff amazing or if you've got like the long resistance bands or glute bands you can make things a little bit more interesting for yourself like there's no perfect split for any of these home workouts but i think it's it depends on what you want to do a lot of what's going to get us we don't know how long it's going to last we also forget that the first lockdown was 10 weeks we got through the first one we will get through this one it's just mm. 
trying to particularly potentially if you've been training for a long time potentially just say right i actually just need to do maintenance or this could be the time to potentially go and do a diet so that when you go fresh back in you can be ready to put on uh to go on some sort of bulk and maybe just reassessing uh it's hard to pick if you've been training for a while it's hard to pick uh, that goal because you just don't know the longevity of it but if you've been training for a while you'll be um I also think that it's a perfect time for people to work on things that they don't often work on. Like, yeah. especially when it comes to people in the gym, it's notorious for not doing proper warm-ups, not doing the likes of mobility work. And when some people have woeful mobility, and I'm like, I'm happy to put my hand up and say that, like, when I go absolutely mental and train chest, like, I end up becoming extremely tight in my chest and my lats, and then my overhead mobility absolutely suffers. So like these lockdowns have been a wonderful thing that every single lockdown I go and get them back to where I need to. And then when they come out, I then go and hammer both, both aspects and get them to what I need to. And then rinse, repeat. I went, it's a wonderful thing for me in that sense, because at other times I wouldn't have put much effort into that, but it also allows you to explore different aspects of fitness and what it means to be in the fitness like regime or fitness industry in a sense, because it's like, there is a lot to this in terms of like, we have animal flow workouts. We have like, you know, doing, as you were saying, banded workouts, like ankle weights come in handy. I'm like, we have so many different ways that we can create intensity and still in, in some sense, build muscle tissue. Like I know you were saying like the newbie gains in the first two years and then someone's going like, yeah, but I've been training four years. And I was like, well, you could be training on and off in four years and haven't actually been pro- progressing in that four years. So you could still be in those newbie gains. Even if you are someone who's been training a long time, you do have potential to gain mass. It just requires you some time to kind of plan and look at all the variables and kind of work on other aspects. Get your, you know, mental temple in order. It's just like bring things to where they need to be. Yeah, I think the the the, the word there is consistency. Um, yeah. We ha- I had um, Kim Constable on the Sculpted Vegan on. She was talking about the C word. Uh, it's not Corona. It's not the other C word. Uh, it was oh, the consi- Australian word. <laughs> yeah, the Australian oh, word. Uh, it was consistency, and she was like, "That's the a lot. That's one of the big things a lot of people struggle with. Is like they don't." And I'm not sitting here on ivory terror. I have struggled with this, and I get impatient with the best of them. Um, but I think if you kind of are looking to do something or trying to get a certain body composition or on a diet or trying to build muscle, it's important to say to yourself, why do you actually want to do this? Why are you actually want to, it's all well and good saying I want to lose weight, but you have to dig down a little bit deeper. The ideology of losing weight and everyone can lose weight, everyone can gain weight. But the ideology of losing weight strikes fear into a lot of people. Yep. And past results are the driver behind a lot of that fear. Self-doubt, there's so many different aspects to it. But I think if you don't have a actual why you want to do things, and that's why I spoke about earlier about what seems to be coming through now is people are realizing that if they didn't potentially start to look after themselves, they may not be there for a little bit morbid, but they may not be there for their family Mm. down the line if they've got a young family. So bringing an emotional attachment to it, I think is important, but it's also important to say to yourself, right, I have tried doing the X, Y, and Z before. This has not worked. So why go back to it? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm. 
you, no, if you I totally agree. If you, if <laughs> you've, tr- yeah, if you've like, if you've tried, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna say it. Slim and clubs. Um, if you tried keto, if you tried any of that stuff and it hasn't worked for you, why go back to it? It's like going to Mike Tyson and annoying him, and expecting not to get a dig in the head. Because it usually comes down to an aspect of I know the problem, I know the evil, I know that area. Even though it doesn't work, it's still more comfortable than climbing out of my current cage, my current box, and seeing what's on the other side. And actually having to admit that what I've been in might not be working. It's a massive fear, it's when you're doing something that's not working, you can blame it for not working because you're like, oh, it's not working. But you can always use that as a way of, oh, yeah, it's that, not me. And then when you get through that kind of reckoning, which people often go through when they realize that most of what's occurring, the method might definitely might not have worked. But if you keep going back, it's no longer the method that's the problem. It's you. And when they end up reaching that aspect, that's when you see the emotional change and then kind of like they're now the enlightenment stage of kind of progressing starts to occur. Now they can look at things and go, okay, now it's time for me to change. But they need something to bring them to that point. They need to hear something. They need to see something. They need to read something. And that's where you see a lot of people in terms of binge episodes or stuff like that, or they will be just listening to something and then they go, oh, that's me. But they would have never, ever thought they had binge eating. They would never. They're like, no, nah, I just eat chocolates. Like, that's no problem. I just eat food in the middle of the evening. Everyone does that. You know, that's normal, you know. But then they heard something on a podcast, heard something on radio and went, wait, that's binging? What I was doing was binging? And then that cognitive dissonance occurs. And then that's the moment of reckoning. And that's when someone then becomes understanding of what has been occurring. But it takes time to get that. And that's yeah. the harsh point. You have to go through failure in order to end up seeing your kind of beautiful progress, that journey. You know, it's like that cocooning phase, you know, with a butterfly. You know, it has to go through that aspect. It's got to be that caliper, uh, caterpillar and it's then got to go through the time where it removes itself from the world and then out comes this beautiful thing. You know, it's going through that same process and a lot of people need to do the same thing. Yeah, I think I think, I think the the realization or the penny drops, I think, I think a lot of my clients have said to me is like, I've heard you say this so many times, but on the millionth time, it would the penny would drop, and you're like, "Okay, this actually makes a lot more sense now." But yeah, it is. It's it, you have to be ready to hear it as well. Yeah. I know myself. You have to be ready to. There's no like I'm not saying that it has to be a perfect time for you to start a journey. That's not what I'm saying. But it has to be a perfect time for you to hear something, and accept that potentially the method that you have been going down before hasn't worked and it's accepting that that may not be the best option for you yeah. but there is also no perfect time to start a journey as bro as that sounds yes there are things that are going to get in the way and a lot of things can happen but you cannot blame other things for you not trying even trying to get out for a walk yeah if you get it but as you said non-negotiables and there's other things like control the controllables i can throw so many different generic things at this microphone right now but i won't um <laughs> One thing that kind of came in a lot during the, the the recent questions that kind of came in was when you start to lose weight, can, what are the mainly what are mainly the first areas that people lose fat from? <laughs> Women wise, it's places they don't want to lose uh, weight from. <laughs> you always hear this. 
Um, why are my breasts getting smaller? Why does my face look slimmer? Or why is it all around my chest and around my back and not around my hips? And the my partners stomach? are giving out as well. Yeah. So it's like, what are you doing to me? And you're like, yeah, I don't have a choice. And I can't tell it to, you know, come off certain areas. If I could, like, bloody hell, that would be some serious magic work going on. But yeah, in general, it's usually kind of the upper back around the chest. Some people get um, a loss around the face. Some don't. There are people out there who can get absolutely stinking lean, like literally paper thin lean and still have chubby cheeks. It's phenomenal. But in general, yeah, you see very few aspects that would ever come from the stomach first or around the hips. Those are usually the last aspects to go in terms of women. Does it change as you get a little bit older? So when you kind of come up to perimenopause and menopause? Oh, times? yes, it does. And this is where Shane comes in going, hey, everybody. I'm not doing hey, everybody. No. Uh, yeah. I th- yeah. So it when when women get a little bit i'm always conscious of this because when kind of asking this question or when i have the consultations with clients and they're potentially around a certain age bracket is kind of bringing this up it's a difficult position girls have an awful lot of stuff to deal with compared to lads in that we literally hit puberty and then we are there that's us Uh, our testosterone may drop a little bit but we're there yeah, with girls, right. you've got puberty, you've got pregnancy, you've got perimenopause, menopause, everything. You've got a lot of things going on there. Um, and you've got your cycle on a monthly basis, hopefully, as well. But I think when it kind of comes to kind of perimenopause and menopause, it's important to make sure that it, there's a lot of change going to happen. So I'm going to give you the basic, basic, basic of the science part of things. So when we get, when girls get a little bit, well, I said we, uh, when women get a little bit older, <laughs> I've been coaching women for too long. Uh, when women get a little bit older, the hormones kind of switch place. So mainly when girls are kind of between kind of like puberty and kind of coming up before perimenopause their main hormone is estrogen which is the female hormone when women kind of get to perimenopausal stage or menopausal stage there is a little bit of a role reversal in that the testosterone takes over so as a lady when you're kind of coming up to perimenopause you may have your kind of your fat contained in like your quads and your bum as you get older you kind of get the more male dominant stuff which is like the stomach it sits in the stomach and also around the hips so you become i hate using this word but you become a little bit more pear-shaped and it's just it's, it's not nice in your clothes i was literally gonna go like so you're talking about pears and apples <laughs> yes i hate using that terminology i hate putting that label but that's people seem to attach to those labels and i hate it um it's it's not easy and i think for a lot of ladies it's not an easy thing to go through and from coaching a lot of ladies kind of going through it and a lot of hormone changes um you can get hot flushes you're uh, you, you may need to get hrt or hormonal replacement therapy therapy in order to kind of help with things as well and i think it's a massive part of it is having empathy yeah. um uh, empathy is the key word when you're kind of going through those side of things is it easy no you made also your bmr or your basal metabolic rate or your the calories that you may need um at when well, you get a little bit older may drop so potentially if you were at a you may need around say 1800 calories 
to kind of remain the same weight when you're in your 20s, you may only need a fraction of that. Uh, or a little, not, not saying going 1,200 calories, that's not what I'm saying. Um, just put that caveat out there. It may mean that you may need to drop down a little bit more and play it by ear. And it may not mean that you need to may need to increase your protein intake in order to hold on to your muscle mass uh, and to help with your bone density. Because your bone, as the estrogen levels are dropping, your bone density and your bone health may and kind of may drop down. And if you had a full, it may have a little bit more brittle bones. So it's really, really important for that side of stuff as well. So when it kind of gets to those levels, um, it's kind of saying it may be a little bit more difficult to lose the weight around those areas. Is it possible? Yes. It just may mean a little bit more patience. Yeah. And I think kind of talking, and I know you kind of uh, on your segue, you know, but backwards in terms of it, but you were saying like empathy about it for them. And then do you find that as well? Both of us having coached people in this scenario, uh, it'll be interesting to hear how you see this as well. Like, do you find that it's also they need empathy for themselves, but also an understanding of what truly is occurring for them to truly get past some of the issues that occur? I think a lot of it is the education side of things. I don't think a lot, from my experience, a lot of the ladies haven't necessarily been explained it by, say, medical professionals in right what is happening, the hormonal changes, the hormonal fluctuations, and the shift that's happening. And then they're kind of like, without knowing or understanding that element, they get frustrated. And they're like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. And that's where the empathy struggle comes in. And then they potentially come a little more frustrated. They take it out on partners or children or whatever it may be and on themselves. And mm-hmm. then this yo-yo dieting thing can kind of come back in, get a bit frustrated, try all these crazy, crazy diets and mm-hmm. never get any results. So the education part is a huge thing. I think that is the underlying factor behind it mm. in that it's locked in with empathy. It's locked in with uh, kind of the control around what you can control, which is the amount of food, the veggies, the protein, and doing the basics right. The sleep will have a massive, massive impact on your appetite. If you're not, if you've got the half flushes and stuff like that, that's going to have a massive, massive impact. And I think when you're not sleeping, your mood and your mind play, don't play ball. Um, so it's kind of like counterintuitive. The kind of the, the two are linked, um, and it's kind of like we need to make sure that we are trying to get your sleep, trying to get your water in, trying to get your veggies in, trying to get your protein in, and just try to start small and go for like walks. Um, and try to. There's an amazing book, The M Word, uh, by Dr. Philippa Kay. She was on the podcast, so I'd head I'd head over to that episode. She talks about an awful lot with kind of like what goes through the body, how to manage the the perimenopause, the menopause, the different changes, the difference between the two um, and the interventions that can be brought into play. But the education has to be, um, has to be improved a lot. Um, what, what do you find? No, like totally like educating the person and then trying to get them to minimize um, the negative self-talk as well that comes from it. I think that's the biggest aspect. When, when you give the education, they understand why and what's occurring, which is a beautiful thing. But then as well as once you start working on that negative self-talk and some of the kind of aspects that happen on a daily basis that puts them into more of a negative um, headspace, which then could drive more eating, which then could change and more of the scenario, make it worse over the long period of time. A lot of that, when you deal with that self, like um, hatred to themselves or the negativity to themselves, starts to help them 
along the way because then they can understand that yes i know what's going on within my body i know okay there are a few things i can do to this but i also don't need to be so harsh upon myself because it's happening you know and then as soon as that starts to occur you start seeing a better emotional space and that a better emotional space means they can deal with what is occurring better you know they can actually put things in place to help them deal with that so it's it's as you said like it's education 100% of the way but it's also dealing with any of those kind of aspects they look at themselves and go oh, yeah i'm not good enough because of this or this has changed everything in my life and i'm not happy with it and everything it's like take that away Let's make that better. Let's look at ourselves in a better light. And then you'll start noticing drastically better feeling and energy you have through the day, which then you can use to impact other people's lives and especially your family. And that's an amazing thing happening. And I know you were talking about like veggies and everything. And off air, we had a, a conversation <laughs> about tracking veg. Yeah. Would you like to uh, bring the audience in on what we were saying? The answer is it depends. Uh, as always, every fitness answer, every medical answer is always going to be it depends. I think it also it depends where the person's at, depends where the client is at, and, and that's the tailored approach that we try to take as well. Is if you were say a bodybuilder, and mm. it will be important to get more volume into your food, particularly if you are dieting with your vegetables and stuff like that, and that becomes a little bit more important, a little bit more detrimental because you may be it's a little bit more aesthetical and it's a, you need to get to a serious level of leanness in order to facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And you may have a little more extreme hunger levels. So the volume in your stomach with the amount of vegetables, so if you think of your stomach like a bag and you fill it up with a little bit more veg, it's going to fill up the bag. So you're not going to be as hungry for my experience with the clients that I've had with tracking the veg. Some have done it, some have not done it. So we've kind of done X and Y, kind of A and B testing, as they say in marketing. Um, some girls have, and some guys have done kind of like, right, I'm going to aim for a 20, 25 gram target mm. or whatever it may be. Um, and they find it fine. Some have found it, uh, some found it difficult. And then what we did with other clients was said, right, let's just try and get some fruit with your breakfast try to get some veg with your lunch or try to get veg with your dinner and try to bring it back it all depends on the level if someone has never dieted or has been yo-yo dieting and they'd struggle to get veg in i find the approach that works for the best is trying to say right let's just try to win each meal by getting some veg in yep. whatever that veg in is is up to you if you don't like veg well then we can get our fiber in from the likes of flax seeds and chia seeds and bring that into like a greek yogurt i can see dallas salivating um, um but i think it's really really important to say right if i don't like veg how can i get some fiber in Mm -hmm. okay, I have some fruit but fruit's bad for you it's going to cause me fat there is much chance of my hair dryer causing my baldness as it causing as sugar causing fatness or the fruit causing diabetes or sugar causing or the fruit causing uh, fatness and stuff like that there's as much chance of that it's not the case fruit is so so key for the cravings Mm. Uh, for that side of things but also if you have a sweet tooth your body can't differentiate between the two I'm going off on a complete other tangent to what I normally go towards what about yourself with those kind of clients with the with the fiber do you find it varies or do you find it's it depends it's a very uh, like a depends moment one thing I like doing with a lot of people when I start noticing that they're not meeting fruit or veg 
requirements and it's just like yeah but I, i'm being a bit too lazy we're like okay cool let's try give you a challenge then at least and it's an 800 gram challenge so this is per day you can do this based on fruit or you can do this based on green veg now i recommend green veg purely for the fact that it's hefty to get 800 grams of green veg um, avocados are not part of it either so when you get the person to do something like that and they've actually got to track 800 grams of green veg like so broccoli spinach all these things and then they go through it in a day you get a bit of an awakening moment there where they're like whoa this is a serious quantity of veg and then you show them the amount of calories that go with it and they're like oh it's not a lot of calories and you're like perfect so now you see why we pair these together but i don't want you eating that every single day I want you getting an understanding of what it takes to get something really high amount and kind of extreme, but we're going to pull that back and aim for a quarter of that per day. So now the person's done something ridiculously hard, going to a quarter is relatively easy now. Like I've done almost a kilogram of green veg, doing 250 grams is not that hard. And now you see the person have a little bit better understanding of what is going into their the meals when it comes to veg. And it's something you give them because it's a challenge, can they do it? And everybody always succeeds. You can do the same things with fruit. Probably not always the best idea to do with fruit because it is going to give you a ridiculous amount of fiber, which is fine if you like sitting on the toilet. <laughs> but then it like, as I said, we were talking off air, it is very dependent. Like for some people being a little bit more keen on looking at what veggies you're taking allows you to see more of what vitamins, what minerals you're looking into, what are you missing? Could you be adding different fruits or different vegetables into your diet? So that way you kind of have everything covered or some people that's not necessarily needed because it could get a little bit more obsessive. So it really is dependent on who the person is, what they're currently going through. But I went at times, it's always like even for three days, just to see what you're actually eating is a wonderful tool. And then you can go, all right, cool. Well, I happen to eat a lot of green veg. So let's try to get some yellow in there. Let's try to get some different colors. And it's a wonderful thing now because then every week after that, you always look and go, Okay, so I had a lot more orange last week. Let's get some reds in. Let's get some greens back in. And then as the weeks start building on and on and on, you start noticing the variety come into everybody's meals. And then you're like, yeah, that's a perfect place to be. But it is really context dependent. Airbase, the likes of kind of smoothies and stuff like that, because I think Nutri Bullets and all them kind of like are all good. Do if you were looking to get your fiber in, say in a smoothie in the morning, does the smoothie ruin the fiber? No. Right, that's enough said. Uh, <laughs> no, because that's been that was answered uh, by the IBS dietitian as well. So go back and listen to that that episode, and it was answered by Dr. Gabrielle Fundaro as well um, with regarding the fiber in uh, in veg and stuff like that. It doesn't ruin the fiber, and that's a common myth. So if you feel that you don't really like the texture of some veg which I think a lot of some people don't do it because it stems from different things. Mm. Potentially try to blend it and bring it in that way or throw in maybe some yogurt, throw in some scoop away or something like that to add a little bit of different taste yeah. and try and different that way. That worked, that worked a lot with, with a couple of the clients during the first lockdown and the, the bloating reduced significantly from oh, yeah. just, and like it's madness how, underutilized veggies for a lot of people they're like oh veg is just gonna be like it, it just takes too much effort it doesn't matter if it's fresh frozen tinned just you get some of it in. it doesn't matter if like i think um 
dietetically speaking, uh, mm-hmm. Maeve Hannon was on. She's a dietitian, and she was like, "Well, potentially there's a little bit more. Uh, it's actually probably a slightly." if at all, uh, slightly better for you to have the frozen because it goes from the ground to the freezer and the mi- nutrients and minerals are stored in it compared mm-hmm. to when it's fresh or potentially fresh because it's going to sit in the, the, the shop floor a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So potentially don't feel that you can't have tinned or put your nose up at frozen or anything like that. Organic is a, is a marketing mumbo jumbo. There's no difference at all. So if you can get any veg in, get some veg in. And yep. that's, that's, I think that has to be looked at as well. Um, the, one of the other kind of things that kind of came up, which I think was a very, very good question. It's kind of come up with a lot uh, with kind of like clients thinking and people thinking over Christmas a little bit more downtime. Is there a difference between weight loss and fat loss? And if so, what is the difference? Rabbit hole going down now. <laughs> oh, I'll make it easy. Fat loss is losing fat. Weight loss is losing anything and everything coming from the body. In terms of what I mean by anything and everything, water, in terms of that, it could be any form of water. It could be any form of tissue, so muscle in terms of that as well, or any loss of bone or hair or anything along that um, kind of realm of things. So when everyone's looking at it, it's like, Overall, we're looking always when we're on a diet, we're looking at fat loss, not really weight loss because I'm like a simple way of weight loss is just cut off your leg and you now have lost weight. The simple aspect of it. Um, Don't do that. (laughs) Please, no, please. Um, But when it comes to things, it's like the idea when everyone tries to do it, it's like, oh yeah, we we promote fat loss diets. We promote weight loss diets. Um, They're synonymous with each other. As long as you're in a calorie deficit, that's where you're going. I went, the issue I think a lot of people do is because they drive on the aspects of the scale. So like, oh, my weight's gone down. This is obviously I'm doing something good here where it's no, it should be I'm doing more of a calorie deficit and sticking to these things. But in terms of that, I know uh, I don't feel like going down the rabbit hole because I know this is going to go down too much. But what's your opinion? Um, I think... I think a lot of people struggle with the understanding the fluctuations in what's on the scales when they're looking for weight loss. Mm. Um, I think that I always talk about the non-scale victories with my clients and looking at how you feel in your clothes, taking progress pictures, taking your measurements with a measuring tape that you potentially your mom or your granny or whoever have or you got your Christmas cracker at Christmas and using that and taking those measurements and looking that way. I think the body fat, can be a little bit invasive as well if you are trying to take your body fat percentage method method uh, from like you're, you're pinching skin off your body to take a certain body fat percentage. Unless you're an athlete, I don't personally think there's any need for John and Mary down the road to be looking, worrying about their body fat percentage. And if you've never been a certain body fat percentage before and you're striving for that, mm. that can also be down a rabbit hole that you potentially may struggle to get out of i have been there i went down to a very very low body fat percentage i thought that i would have been like okay i'm gonna feel amazing at this i felt quite the opposite so rather than saying that you you're going to be looking for a solely weight loss goal and only a scales goal why not say right i'm going to look at performance goals or i'm going to get into an outfit or i'm going to be able to run a 5k or i'm going to have a strength goal or whatever it may be but the difference between the main two is weight loss is stepping on scales and saying right i'm up or down but it's also as brian Keane said when he was on he was like that's also like 
throwing a dice in a casino and rolling two threes and getting annoyed when he wanted two sixes. It's in the lap of the gods what you what you what you what you come up with. And mm. it can fluctuate times of the month, digestion, sleep, stress, loads and loads of different things can kind of come into it. Or do you do? That's another one. Blood yeah. pulse, medication. Yeah. And loads there's so many different factors. And then fat loss is ultimately going to be there's going to be a little bit less of you uh, in your clothes and stuff like that. And I think I would rather someone focus on how they feel and how they look over just solely striking, say, I'm going to be happy when I am 70 kilos. I think it's also because a lot of people always um, attach meaning to a certain weight. Yeah. It's, I'm like, I've been 70, I've been 68, I've been 90 kg. So I'm like, the way I look at it is, what position are you at that allows you to enjoy life? It allows you to socialize, allows you to feel good. You can move well. You don't feel like an old bat about to break whenever you do things. That should be what you need to maintain. That should be something you're looking for when you don't have to worry about things and you look at your body and be like, yeah, I look great. You know, I don't have an issue where people go like, I'm at 70. I'm going to be like this amazing Greek um, God, you know, everyone's going to be, you know, worshiping me. And they get there and they're like, this is not what I was expecting. I was like, well, yeah, you need to learn to love you where you're at and kind of find a position that allows you to actually enjoy life for what it is. I'm like, life's a wonderful thing. And food's an amazing thing. Like, why would you shove yourself down to a position where potentially you can't eat some of the things you enjoy and you can't live your life the way you want to? It's it's crazy. I think the empathy thing kind of comes in there again mm. in relation to you can't expect to be happy at a certain weight when you've never been there, potentially. Or if you managed to get there and there before and you, did, you felt not amazing at it, well, then that's that's the feedback there as well. I yep. think rather than striving for a certain number and driving yourself to to get to that, I guarantee when you get to that number, you'll be like, oh, is this it? Yep. You'll end up you'll end up striving and striving, giving up 90% of your life for 10% body fat or 10% loss in the scales when ultimately you potentially could go down the route of, right, I could be happier at, depends on what weight you are, depends on what stage you're at, but you could say, right, I'm actually happier having lost two or three kilos and I can live like this. I can enjoy the, the, the family time. I can be present. I can leave the foods in and I enjoy which a lifestyle. It should be looked at a lifestyle rather than a diet. A diet means short term. A diet mm. means very short term. And if you're on a diet all the time or for 10, 15, 30 years, which some of my clients have been on and when the penny drops potentially after like week two or three and they're like, oh, I've had chocolate every single day and I'm still feeling good and it's yeah. like how did i get this out wrong for so long and it comes back to that education side again and it's not us sitting on our ivory tower we have gone through the mill ourselves we've tried every stupid thing under the sun and that's why i will i will never sit on my ivory tower and say talk about something that i haven't done myself yeah. um because i just don't feel it's i just ha- it has to bring in the human side of things as well that we're all we all make mistakes. We're all humans, and we are gonna we are gonna make fails and stuff like that. We are gonna fail, but I think if you are kind of starting out on a journey now, one, please don't blame motivation because motivation is like a key for a car. It's gonna start the engine, but you have to drive it. Motivation is like Dublin bus. 
none will come along for ages and then two will come along at the same time and bring you to your destination. It's about literally the unsexy side of fitness, which is the fruit, the water, the protein, the veg, the walking, getting some decent sleep and just showing up. It like To say you'll feel better once you kind of match those in and book those in with yourself and hold yourself accountable or hold yourself accountable to a coach, whatever it looks like, mm. and reset after Christmas. If you're feeling a little bit blur after Christmas, please listen back to kind of the, the stuff at the very beginning regarding kind of like the advice after resetting. If you put on a little bit of weight over Christmas or a good bit of weight over Christmas, please realize as soon as you go back to normal or reduce your food back to the normal levels or whatever it may look like, you'll you'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll bring it back. But if you continue to down the line, it's, it's just about kind of pressing that reset button. And I think that's hugely important for, for a lot of people because it's a weird time and it, things can, the lines are blurred with people working from home. And I think it's important to say, right, what can I control? I can control eating regular meals throughout the day, not for anything to do with your metabolism or anything going up and down, but it's rather blood sugars, controlling those, Mm-hmm. and then having regular meals for that. It can be three meals and two snacks. It can be three meals and no snacks. It can be four meals and one snack. It can be whatever it looks like for you. But it's having some sort of structure for yourself because if you found that you are ravenous in the evenings, I wouldn't recommend IF or intermittent fasting. I need to stop talking in mumbo jumbo. Uh, I wouldn't recommend leaving long periods between your meals. Little and often will help a lot of people. But if you're finding that you don't need breakfast in the morning, amazing. But if you're finding that you don't need breakfast in the morning and then you're wanting to eat the wall in the evenings, I would bring back in three meals. Yeah. Um, so I think there's so much there. I think we've kind of talked about kind of the advice for resetting after Christmas. Can you keep your strength up during home workouts? The first areas you lose fat from. And then we went on a massive tangent on perimenopause and menopause and what actually happens. Uh, that was me bad. Uh, do you need to track your veg and difference between weight loss and fat loss? And I think if you guys have enjoyed the episode, so hopefully if you have any more questions or if you have any feedback on this, please do tag us up in your story or pop us a message, either of us. And if you have questions in, we may do question boxes depending on the feedback on this one. We're going to try and test this out and maybe do it once a month uh, and see how we go and kind of do like a coach's corner thing. So Dallas, thank you so much for having the, the chat. Hi, more welcome. It's always a pleasure. And I hope everyone has an absolutely wonderful time. And I can't wait till we hear more questions. No, it's, it, it's, it's going to be good. So guys, if you've enjoyed the episode, tag us up, leave a review on iTunes so I can get the guests that you guys are looking for. The more reviews, the more downloads, all that kind of stuff, I can get keep getting the, the incredible guests that we've had on for 2021. So guys, thank you so much for listening.